Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part series on the evolving role of risk, compliance, and ethics. This series is sponsored by SAI Global. SAI Global has developed a new service offering, Ethics Anywhere. Ethics Anywhere is a modern approach to learning. It is responsive on any device, customizable for any organization, and targeted to any user, available in any location, and translated in any language. So your employees can consume content at any time and prepare for any risk. And you can collect data to measure any goal your ethics and compliance program may have. For more information on Ethics Anywhere, check out our sponsor's website, saiglobal.com. That's saiglobal.com. In today's part one, I visit with Paul Johns, the Chief Marketing Officer at SAI Global. We consider the evolving nature of ethics and compliance marketplace and what it means for the compliance professional and compliance programs. This five-part series on the evolving role of risk, compliance, and ethics is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm thrilled to be here for our first episode of an exciting podcast series on the evolving role of risk, compliance, and ethics in protecting brand and reputation. Today, I have with me Paul Johns. Paul is the Chief Marketing Officer at SAI Global. So, Paul, with that somewhat long-winded introduction, uh, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Tom, thanks very much. It's great to be here. Paul, one of the things that I've really uh, wanted to visit with you about is the change in the role of the board of directors in the ethics and compliance market. So uh, perhaps five years ago, we saw a board without a compliance committee, without even a uh, compliance resource. Uh, the regulators in the form of the Department of Justice have changed that. But I really think it's it's the marketplace which has demanded that change. What have you seen from your perspective? You know, there's a, there's a few really interesting dynamics in the marketplace that are meaning that the, the board of directors, far from sitting, you know, in a lofty position away from the limelight, um, in the world of kind of a, a more values-based customer, particularly with millennials and centennials, um, particularly in the area where we have so much social media that's amplifying everything in the courtroom of public opinion, uh, we're seeing a couple of things play out. So the first thing is um, the board sets the appetite for risk. They, they really decide what is the acceptable level of risk that we're prepared to work towards as we think about you know, operating our particular enterprise. Um, the, the question becomes, what is the line of sight between that appetite for risk set at the board level and the performance and the behavior of everybody across the company? And so if you imagine that what used to happen is that you know boards would kind of get together, they would talk to the audit committees, they would have a sense of what markets they want to get into, what products they want to build, the associated risks that might be kind of, you know, um, need to be considered. And then they would put together a strategy, they would execute on that strategy, they would communicate across the business. But you couldn't be assured as a board member that every single employee, whether that's a salesperson, whether it's a broker at a finance institution, was absolutely working in accordance with the way that you think about the kind of the appetite for risk. Now, the flip side for the appetite for risk is how you think about culture. 
And so it's, it's another dimension to risk, but it's really, again, in that values-based economy, as a CEO, what is it that you expect from your employees day in, day out? And, you know, we've seen a lot of very high-profile cases in the media world, in the world of kind of uh, consumer tech, um, in the area of retail, uh, large coffee chains, wherever it may be. Uh, we've seen examples of where the behavior or the activity of one individual in the business that runs contrary to the policies, uh, to the controls, to the behavior that you expect, to the culture that you're driving can have a material impact on the brand of that business. We've seen that both in the business. We've also had examples, of course, where very senior members of the board themselves are operating contrary to the way that those kind of those risks and that appetite for risk has been kind of laid out. So I suppose what I'm seeing, it's not that members of the board haven't always laid out the appetite for risk. It's not that they haven't always thought about what that audit committee looks like and had one eye on the uh, on the policies or has everyone in the business taken their code of conduct um, would be the kind of thing that a, a chief um, uh, human resources officer might report up to the board. But there's a kind of a there's something that's more porous today than it's ever been. I think that enterprises work out loud. I think their brands, you know, live out in a public domain. And I think the realization today, and I think what feels very different in in the years that I've been working in this market, is that as a member of the board, you're much more aware that that corporate statement that you put up on your website you know, that's, that, that can't be the poster that everyone works towards and then you just, you know, fire and forget. You have to make sure that everybody is living and breathing the values and the behavior that you've laid out. Um, because if, if not, then, of course, what we've seen is the very material impact. And it's not, it's not the, the cost that you might have that's direct, the cost of noncompliance, a particular penalty, as crippling as that can feel. What we see is that those costs are immaterial compared to the reputational damage that you'll suffer. Um, certainly what we see is, um, you know, younger customers, So, and, and it's a bit of a generalization, but certainly our data tells us that, again, millennials in particular, certainly for centennials, um, they vote with their wallets as well. So, you know, they spend a lot more time thinking about the brands they want to do business with where do they order their pizza from? Where do they get their running shoes from? Where do they buy their coffee from? Who are they going to bank with? Um, so, so as a board member, you need to be paying a lot of attention to that line of sight and that transparency. So you really uh, said a lot of great stuff in there, Paul. But I guess the thing that struck me the most was in your description, what I heard was, a continuum or really a business process. I never once heard you say a specific tactical way, have a code of conduct, do training. What I heard you talk about was an overall business process. Is that how uh, you see uh, ethics and compliance fitting into an overall corporate structure as a business process? You know, I, I think that there are a couple of things to think about, and, and this is maybe advice I would give you if you're an executive uh, joining a company, if you're an employee thinking of working somewhere, if you're a third party thinking about doing business, if you're a customer, is there's two ways to think about ethics and compliance. There is one that is, um, you know, in a more highly regulated market, 
Um, there are some very clear guidelines laid out. There's some very clear prescriptions around the types of um, policies you need to have in place, the type of learning that people need to undertake. And, and for sure, you can have a compliance function who, I would say, tick all of the right boxes and do all of the right things and for the most part fall on the right side of that baseline of kind of obligation that you would face, how you're reporting back to a regulator, how you're reporting back to your point, Tom, back up to the board. What I look for is a, is a more of a kind of holistic risk function that is much more proactive. So, for example, you know, one of the questions I ask risk professionals is which of your own KPIs, the measures of your success, are to do with things like influencing upcoming rule changes that might impact your ability to innovate in new markets. Um, what are the KPIs that you have around good code of conduct in the business, around the right ethical behavior? Uh, what are you doing around how you actually identify the types of employees that you let into the business? The types of partners or third parties that you do business with? What is the scrutiny? What is the high bar that you set to make sure that you've actually got the right people working with you and working for you? So I suppose my answer to that question is, I don't think it's enough to put in place, you know, a set of um, rigid policies or just have a separated um, learning practice. But I think it is important that you're sitting down as a leadership team and saying, what is it that we care about as it relates to the quality of our brand, that we don't just talk about this stuff, but we really live it and breathe it. And then how do we cascade that down into a set of tools um, and to a set of measures across the whole enterprise to hold ourselves to that very high standard. Now, the learning piece is very important. Policies are very important, and certainly we help with that. But we don't start by coming in and saying, here's a set of courses or here's a set of policies. We often start by saying, let's talk about the brand, what it stands for today, the integrity, the importance of that reputation, and what can we do to help you preserve that in the ways that you kind of talk to customers, speak to partners, and generally go about your day-to-day -day business. So, Paul, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but this has just been a fascinating exploration of a broad range or I would say a wide range of way to look at uh, the nature of risk and its execution uh, throughout multiple levels of the corporation. So uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Great. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode in our five-part exploration of the evolving role of risk compliance and ethics. I hope you'll check out the SAI Global website to learn about ethics. And this five-part podcast series has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>